you're listening to the Counseling Clinic Podcast with Aisha J. And Lisa Michelle, the show for up-and-coming mental health professionals, advocates, and anyone else wanting to learn more about the mental health field from two not-so-professional professionals. The discussions in our episodes are not a replacement for seeking professional, individual mental health care and should not be viewed as part of one's own personal mental health treatment. Our conversations are geared toward assisting mental health professionals, advocates, and others interested with thought-provoking ideas and resources. For our full disclosure statement, visit our website at thecounselingclinicpodcast.com. Hello, folks. Hey, everyone. Welcome to season seven. Thank you guys for returning. If you are a returning listener, if you're new here, we're happy to have you. And we have a special treat for you, which is listening to six long seasons. (laughs) We are so thankful. This has been such a fun journey for us as we've learned, um, shared and um, gotten to hear from y'all. So thank you for sticking with us. Yes. So we have some fun stuff planned. This season kind of looks more like the stuff that you talk about in therapy. So we're excited about that. So to get started, we want to talk about accountability. So Michelle, let's start with accountability in therapy. Sure thing. So one of the reasons therapy or counseling can be so intimidating is accountability, right? You know that you're going to someone who's not related to you, um, who's not here to just make you feel good and magical, Mm -hmm. but is to give you some very real and raw feedback. With that comes the accountability. Sometimes it can feel like getting sent to the principal's office, especially if you're working through Mm -hmm. um, certain topics. So things like addiction, um, hygiene, if you've uh, yeah. if your hygiene's diminished because of mental illness or a situation, um, but with that comes this feeling of shame and heaviness, and so that can be a turn off for people when the going gets tough. Some people leave, mm-hmm. and that's not to say they're not strong enough or capable to do the work. Right? It's just it is hard to. It hear. is hard, and we it and we hard. talk about that all the time on this podcast. That therapy is hard. Looking at yourself is hard. Sometimes the shame or the embarrassment or the intimidation doesn't even come from the person or being in therapy. Sometimes it comes from a person's own, like a client's own stigma, right? Absolutely. Even if you're you're dealing with something as common as anxiety, right? We all know about that. We all know that it's there. We likely all have some level of anxiety. It's a natural thing, but the client may have their own ideas of, oh, no, I have anxiety. Oh, no, I'm going to be diagnosed with anxiety, right? right? And that can be intimidating in itself. And, you know, sometimes that's something to address. And that's one of the things we're going to talk through today. Um, But accountability doesn't have to be scary. And I think that's one of the takeaways from today is that there is a way to have those conversations with grace and in a way that builds up the therapeutic alliance. Right. And so I know it sounds really trashy and, and therapisty, but but I like to tell people that it's really an opportunity. You Absolutely. Know? 
most people don't really get an opportunity to work on themselves. So when you, whether you are, you feel forced or you are mandated or, um, however you end up in therapy, it really is an opportunity that a lot of people don't get, right? And so you have the opportunity to, to reflect and realize things to kind of grow, right? And the other opportunity is that you get to confront things that you've been avoiding, right? And sometimes clients can do that. Um, and sometimes the therapist has to be the one to confront you about, or the clinician has to be the one to confront you about the things you've been avoiding. Either way, it's still an opportunity to address it. Mm-hmm. And as far as the other side of accountability more, I guess, the clinician side is, like you said, sometimes the therapist has to present that accountability. They have to turn the Mm -hmm. mirror um, back to the client. And I'll be honest, I tell people that, you know, it'll be this moment when a session and I, I can sense that maybe they're either romanticizing something or avoiding something or neglecting to take a lot of things into account. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that. I mean, and that comes with my trying to be more transparent myself. Um, but I will say, you know, part of my job that is not my favorite is when I have to address things or when mm-hmm. we have to when I have to remind you of things that you've already shared or, you know, whatever the situation yeah. is. It, it's actually one of my favorite parts of the job. Really? But I'll, but I'll tell you why though. It's one of my favorite parts because I think that that, that is such a reflection to me in, in my, in my experience. It is such a reflection of the therapeutic relationship, the therapeutic relationship, right? And so with most of my clients, you know, always, always with all of my clients, I'm always myself, right? But, um, but with most of my clients, we have a really strong therapeutic relationship because of me being myself. And so, you know, when I'm able to, for example, I'll I'll even give an example. (laughs) I was in a family session, um, and I had, uh, we were doing like rules, right? Expectations for what family sessions would look like. And so I was reading the list that they created. I just put the list together for them. It was their own stuff. And I started with, this is an open and, and safe space. And the, the client who was a child got so, so annoyed. And he, I said, well, what's wrong? But he didn't want to tell me. I said, okay, if I guess, will you tell me, am I right? <laughs> And he I said, love that. He said, yes. And so I said, um, I said, this is, pro- I said, is this what you're thinking? I, I, this ain't no open space. I don't feel safe. <laughs> and he bust out laughing and he was like, Miss Aisha, you know me so well. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. But I use that example because I could just see it all over him, right? And I know that I'd one watching him and observing him, I know that that's what you know was something that he would likely say or how he would respond in that situation. But it's also the therapeutic relationship because he was able to accept me saying that to him. Yeah. When it gets less good is when I have to like wait and fill out when they're ready for that confrontation. And because, and I think that's the same reason, right? Because it feels like, like the therapeutic relationship is not strong enough. And that may not be the case, but that's how it feels to me. And I'm fine with being accountable for that. But I, I also think that that comes from, you know, sometimes 
clients come in and they don't they don't really want to build a, a therapeutic relationship. Like sometimes True. they come in and they only want to talk for a while, right? And then they say, well, you know, what's supposed to be happening in therapy? <laughs> and, and I might say, well, I told you it could go however you want it to go. You mostly want to talk, right? <laughs> if you want to change that, we can, right? Yeah. But that's when in my professional opinion, that that's when the therapeutic relationship does not get built as strongly. And so I guess that's when it's less good. But but I like that part. I like being able to see that that therapeutic relationship in action. Yeah. And and I'll say this back to the it not being my favorite part. I share that part directly with clients because I want them to know that there's care. I'm not doing it to be the superior person in the room or to right. make them feel like they've got to make a decision or they are wrong. Mm-hmm. I say, you know, it's not my favorite part because I know it's hard to hear. I know it hurts mm-hmm. sometimes, but it's because I've got to be honest. You know, I've got to be my role and my role is accountability and being that um, compass sometimes, not necessarily mm-hmm. giving you the here are the steps to take, but here's the direction. You know, right. The other thing with accountability, again, on more of the clinician side is it helps us with things like transference, countertransference, right? If we hold ourselves accountable to whether it's the ethical standard, Mm -hmm. which you should please do that, but (laughs) the standard of quality of relationship, then we've got to be honest with ourselves. And that may be supervision, consultation. Being open with our clients to say, hey, I don't love having to confront you on this. I'm working on that myself. But here's this piece of information. Right. And the other part that helps that is that, you know, in in the beginning, when you talk about, um, I even read about um, rights and responsibilities of the client, right? Most people sign that when they start therapy. Um, You may or may not go over it with your clinician. But when you talk about that or when you think about that, what's included is that each party is is supposed to be holding themselves and each other accountable. So I think that makes it easier too. You know, like this this is a partnership we all have, we each have a role in this and it's the same role, right? You have to hold yourself accountable as the client, but so do I as the clinician, right? Um I have to hold you accountable and then I have to hold myself accountable and you have to hold me accountable, you know? And so it's, I, I think that's easier to take on as a, not an attack kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. This is the, or, or like you said, um, you know, the sense of superiority or, you know, like clients will tell you, well, you're the expert. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, or yeah. things like that. Like, I think, I think that helps with the, power dynamic yeah that's the best way to say it right absolutely more of a a level playing field so i think we can realize from the conversation we just had the importance of accountability right and so now let's get into some tips to help with accountability yes please so the beautiful thing about accountability as intimidating as it can be it really does help you feel better in the long run, right? Yes. When you learn how to say, this is my stuff, 
it gets so much easier to say, that's your stuff. You know, <laughs> like, that is not mine. <laughs> you may keep that. <laughs> yeah, that's something my <laughs> personal therapist told talked with me about the other day of learning to, I don't have to invest my emotion in things that just aren't mine. Right. And when people are sharing right. and spilling things, they're, that's theirs. You're yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, and I I talked about that in um supervision too because I have a tendency to internalize not in the way you think, right? Not in the way of of making things about me, but I internalize by saying, "You know what? If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. So I'd, mm-hmm. I take on more of it, right? If somebody messed it up, and um, I can still say that they messed it up, but what I go to is, or what I what I leave with is, I, I just have to do that to my for myself. Never talk to me again. Like, <laughs> and I am trying to, <laughs> and it is that dramatic. <laughs> because I'm once I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> I know that's why I love it. I'm just done with it. But so I had to talk about that in in therapy, right? And and while I still, because I appreciate myself and I know that I'll get it done, right? I'm still okay with, I can just do it. I think that I'm able to give them more accountability, right? No, you, you messed that up. Yeah. we <laughs> Sure. You don't want to feel bad, but, but it's yours though. So, so take this, feel bad about it and, and, we'll, and, then, and then we'll go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that belongs to you. You're not leaving that with me. Put that back. <laughs> right. You take this. <laughs> yes. Golly. Yeah, Sorry. that has been a very beautiful lesson to learn for myself in my own mm-hmm. therapy and my own work. But doing this job, you know, if there are new clinicians or people wanting to pursue that, and and I'll even say this which may toe the line of not really accountability anymore. But to your point of bringing on things that just don't belong to you, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's feelings, situations, fears, et cetera, it is so freeing. And I I truly think it makes us better therapists when we can have that distinction. I agree. Absolutely. And, and even again, when we're holding each other accountable in the therapy room, right? I think that's okay as a clinician to remind clients of that, right? This is yours. You know, um, the example I just gave, um, well, what am I supposed to get from therapy? Well, you can get whatever you want. Remember I told you in the beginning, you were mostly in charge here, right? We can do things this way. We can do things that way, but you have the choice, right? And this was the choice that you made. If you'd like to do it different, I'm perfectly fine with that. Let's do it, right? You still make the rules, <laughs> but remember you chose that. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that sticks out to me about accountability is how it can help move sessions forward and to Uh, new and stronger depths. So I know the times where I've had to say, hey, this is not my favorite part of the job, but I have to let you know this, whatever the situation is. That not only helped me to feel more free and like, okay, I can, I can do my job there. They heard it. They handled it. We Mm -hmm. didn't explode. Right. (laughs) But also then their response can be more genuine because now we know 
we're both doing stuff that's hard and that's okay. Right. And that goes back to kind of the feeling better part. And yep. and it's one of those things that because it's so intimidating, it feels better with practice, right? As you Absolutely. go on, as you do it more, it, it feels so much better, right? It's obviously you'll struggle with anything, right? Obviously you struggle in the beginning. It's hard. It's uncomfortable sometimes, but it it won't stay that way, y'all. Practice. Practice accountability. Absolutely. And I'll even say you may stumble upon different ways of doing it for different Mm -hmm. clients or different, you know, I, I think holding each other ourselves, whomever accountable doesn't look the same for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that goes for like all of the groups, right? You Mm. know, it's going to look different with age. It's going to look different with gender. It's going to look different with race, right? All of those things that we don't like to talk about because people have to be the same and think the same in 2022, right? (laughs) But all of those things, it will look differently, you know, it will look different. And the good thing about it is, or even the helpful thing about it, right, is that there's so many opportunities to practice. One of the things that I love most about therapy is the modeling that takes place, right? And, and how you can, um, we talk a lot about transferable skills, right? How you can transfer that skill of learning to be accountable, holding other people accountable. Uh, what was the other one I was about to say? Dag nabbit. Um, <laughs> oh, confrontation, confronting other people, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and, yes. And, and that looking different, you learn how to do that. You can learn how to do that in therapy. And that way you can take this with you to your other relationships, right? You learn how to do this in your therapeutic relationship. But again, one of the beauties of therapy is you can practice doing it with other people while you're in therapy, right? You can practice role playing and seeing, um, trying out different ways that it could work out with you confronting people, right? Your therapist can help you identify, well, the appropriate way to confront something that's going on in your, you know, life outside of therapy. Uh, and then, like I said, you can take that to those, those other relationships, right? Maybe your relationship with a parent or with a child or with a significant other or with a coworker, right? A colleague. Um, that's tends to be where people have a lot of stress at, right? And so you can learn how to address those things and hold people accountable in those major areas of your life. Yeah. And also accept them holding you accountable. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, part of the practice of accountability and holding ourselves, other people, whatever, is we learn to receive that feedback, that criticism, that accountability, because it is not for the faint of heart if you have not been rehearsed in doing so. Right. Um, I would also say along the modeling point, you get to, you get a front row seat to see someone else present accountability. Right. You know, obviously if as a clinician, you're doing your job well, they can just watch that. Like, even if we don't bring in full role playing, which is a great tool. I love that one. But you just get to see how they say something, how they handle your fiery responses sometimes. And it, and it can be a beautiful thing. Right. Or even, even when they offer like minor corrections, right? You know, for example, when I work with kids, 
they even even like the simplest things right which may seem nitpicky but it's for a purpose right so if a um a, a kid might say um you know I need a pencil and I might say oh do you need that how do you ask right um and so yes. and then they'll correct themselves and ask for it right so so watching them do those minor corrections you could, you know, you learn from that as well. You might learn how to make softer corrections to the people in your life, right? Or mm-hmm. recognize what you like and what you don't, right? For me, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with the accountability, right? You, you don't have to sugarcoat it for me. I like to look face to face. Let's talk it out. Let's do it, right? <laughs> like, yeah. look me in my face and tell me, Aisha, that's not it, right? <laughs> So I I need the direct, uh, you know, so the softer stuff to lead into it. How was your day today? I don't need that. Right. Yeah. So and you might learn that, too, as you observe your therapist that, you know, you do like a softer approach or you don't like a softer approach or, you know, you struggle with small talk or things like that. Yeah. So observing and learning those things, you'll you'll be able to hopefully put a lot of things in perspective with help but but you'll also start to learn stuff about yourself and how to help others as well yeah I love that and those are great tools to um, implement in the long term right to take with you as you learn to practice this behavior yes so that is all we have for you today, folks. Thank you for being here. Thank you for returning for season seven. Um, hopefully whoop, whoop. you will have fun. <laughs> hopefully you'll have fun with us along the way. Like I said, if you are new here, go back and listen to those previous seasons because we have some great stuff, some useful stuff. And we tend to build on our episodes here. So you may need to go back and hear something that we've talked about in the past, but I'm sure you'll have fun because we have fun. Um, that's right. Anyway, let us know your thoughts and experiences. Um, let us know, do you struggle with accountability? If you are a clinician, do you have any tips to share for therapy or the outside world, right? In, uh, your real life. And as always, let us know if we missed anything so that we can all continue to learn and grow together. That's all folks. See you guys later. See ya. listening to the counseling clinic with Aisha Jane and Lisa Michelle. Remember to check out our website at the counseling clinic podcast.com and follow us on Instagram at the counseling clinic podcast. We'll see you guys by the next session. Bye guys. The music provided by Scott Holmes music.com and our show is edited and produced by